main activist. Some people in town say the base is run by aliens working with our federal government to conduct mind control and genetic experiments. I'm leaving. I'm glad. Thanks a lot, society, for railroading my ass. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Eerie Americas. My name is Christy Hall, and with me is the one, the only, Vicky Ayala. I never introduced you. I wanted to do it. I was just like, are you doing me a solid because I had a brain fart and forgot to move my mic to in front no, it of just, where I'm speaking, and I'm like... <laughs> just realized I never introduced you. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. In my head, I'm introducing myself. I'm like, I'm going to introduce Vicky. That's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. It's Victoria. It's funny because as Christy's doing it, I go to lean into my mic, and my mic is not in front of me, and I was just like, shit. I just, that's what she said, the one, the only. I'm like, oh, Christy's doing me solid. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest. I told Christy I have this rant. I am very big on people taking gap years. I do think that the ages from like 18 to early 20s are way too young for you to really know what you want to do for the rest of your life. There are some lucky people who know from when they're young what they want to do, but I'm very big on, I didn't know what I wanted to do till I was like late 20s. Yeah, I wish I would have done that. But that being said, please do not go to school when you're 34. (laughs) I'm so fucking tired. Tired enough to forget my goddamn microphone when I'm trying to record. I am exhausted to the point that I had a therapy session earlier today and my therapist was like, I'm going to cut this session short so you can take a nap because you look really tired. I had three exams yesterday. Oh no, wait, time out. Let me interrupt here because she's going to act like she's going to gloss over this. She had three exams that she aced. She's going to gloss over that. I just had to throw that out (laughs) there. (laughs) I studied really hard all week and I'm fucking tired. These all night cram sessions making flashcards are not for 34 year olds. You could take your gap year, but go to school before you're 30 because this shit is not it. It is not it. And I still have until next May and I'll be 35 by then, almost 36. And I might fall asleep at my graduation. That might be my gift to myself because I I, I don't even know how I'm awake right now. If that's what you want to do for your graduation after busting your ass, it's valid. I don't see why that would be a problem. Instead of crying and getting all emo, take a nap. Oh, no, I'm not going to cry. I'm going to be like, thank you. I'm going to sleep because I am so fucking That's hilarious. Tired. But a lot of us are in our, our late 20s to early 30s. And I'm just like, we're always complaining that we're tired. And I'm just like, if I had done this when I was younger, I would have been more awake. But I wouldn't have want, I, I wouldn't have known I wanted to do this when I was younger. And that's how they get you. I'm so tired. I know. But honestly, you're crushing it. So that's all that really matters. It doesn't matter how old you are. So it goes to further At proof. the expense of my brain at the expense of this podcast because I've been Christy is great luckily she planned it so that we had episodes in the bank because I haven't even had time to finish cases or researching she was in mega denial in the beginning like no I'll totally be able to do it and I was like no I don't think so like I've (laughs) taken an online course by myself just out of curiosity and it exhausted me so I knew what she was getting into Vicky can look at a mountain and be like, yeah, I got this. And meanwhile, I'm looking at it like, okay, I got to climb this step. I got to climb that step. So I think very analytically when it comes to like timeline, that's been my saving grace. I think in the way that like, I'm like, I don't like not being able to do something. So I'm just going to say I'm going to do it and I'll exactly. figure it out. That, that works most of the time. But this is why our partnership works. Because work. I was like, you know what? Let's take enough time off, record, and boom. So we really just... And I am now on spring break. And perfect it's perfect because now I have time. And, and we did not plan I'm, that. It just happened to work out that no, it was spring we didn't. break. We didn't plan for us to have just enough episodes to get us to spring break. I just have to give a shout out to my co-host because she was completely understanding every time I was like, yeah, no, I'm not recording today. <laughs> like, I'm not And there's been times where I 
I didn't feel like it. Like today, we were supposed to record an episode, but I got my first vaccination shot, and I'm just not feeling it. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but like I'm a little stuffy, yeah. and so I was like, you know what? Let's take it easy. You have next week. And I know that I was on my ass the entire next day after my first shot. So I'm like, all right, we need to get this out of the as way. As long as I can get my computer in front of my face while I edit, I'll be as on my ass As long as you don't forget your microphone like I did. <laughs> exactly. As long as I can get the essentials in front of me, I got this. But speaking of getting this, I found this on Reddit. And I realized we've actually never covered this on Ooh, like our Reddit or little stories. Like I realized we've never actually encountered this story before. So it is from the thread of Bigfoot sightings. Ooh, Bigfoot sightings. We have never covered We've never that. done Bigfoot. And so I was like, wait a minute. I shout out Expanded Perspectives all the time. That's my other favorite podcast of all time. And they are obsessed with Bigfoot. They always talk about it. I think that's why it. we haven't covered it because they do it so well. We're like afraid to cover Bigfoot. We're like, nah, just listen to Expanded Perspectives. But I found this story and I was like, Cam and Kyle would like it. And it is from djax1468. And it says Kentucky encounter Grayson County. And weirdly enough, this is always the area where you hear about yes, Bigfoot. Kentucky. You don't hear about Bigfoot in Europe. You don't hear about Bigfoot in Mexico, Canada. It's A, the United States, and B, that territory of the Appalachian Trail. Like something about that area. Let's get into his here. I was black powder hunting alone on private. Do I even want to know what that is? Black powder hunting? Yeah, that's a good question. I know what hunting is. I don't know what black powder hunting is specifically. I'm going to Google that while Cam and Kyle would know because I know they're hunters. But the property has a gated entrance and I parked my four-wheeler there and normally walked in the remaining 150 to 200 yards to my elevated deer stand. Oh, it's deer hunting. There you go. There's the answer, Yep, I just got it. Deer hunting. Yeah, because when I've read this before, why didn't I put that together? Anyway, (laughs) as I shut my four-wheeler off and put, put on my backpack... I heard a very large limb snap. You know, like those scary movies when someone's in the wood and someone just hears like a twig snap? And it's like something crackles and you hear something break, yeah. And thought it was a deer or animal moving around maybe 20 yards away. That's what you would think given he's somewhere where you can hunt for deer. So I didn't think anything about it, gathered my gun and hunting stuff and started gathering down the two-track trail with my flashlight due to having good light from the moon to see where I was walking. I hunted here a long time and knew this trail. So he's very familiar with where he's at. This trail ended in a 15-acre hayfield surrounded by old-growth timber. As I walked in the dark, I quickly realized something was paralleling me every step just inside the woods. Hmm. So, like, something was doing what he was doing. When he was walking, it walked. Whenever he stopped, it stopped. Which is really strange because animals don't really do that. They don't have the knowledge to do that. Yeah, to kind of mimic you. I walked and stopped, and it would do the same. By the time I realized I might have my uh, I might have a problem on my hands, it was too late to go back to the four-wheeler. So I picked up my pace and made a beeline for my deer stand. When I got within 10 yards from the stand, I heard another large limb snap really close to the edge of the field on my left. I stopped, turned my flashlight on, and shined in that direction. I seen two glowing green eyes about 10 inches apart. No. Nope. Instinctively, I raised my rifle and stomped my foot at it and yelled, Oh, that was their instinct? My instinct would have been to run. (laughs) We're not hunt. I probably would have screamed, honestly. And yelled, Get out of here! Not really sure what I was seeing. It just blinked its eyes once and never moved. So he was like, Fuck you. It blinked? No. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is you see blinking. You know there's that's a human thing or like a... a... Yeah, that's what I'm like... Human, the human thing yeah. to do. It's very strange. 
Also, it shows that that thing was like living. It wasn't just like a light coming from somewhere. If if it blinks, it's it's living. Yeah. I could not make out any details, just that it had been crouched down to the proximity of the eyes to the ground. When whatever this was didn't run like the most non-predatory animals would do, I realized in that instant the, instant, the best thing to do was bolt up my ladder and get in the stand as quickly as possible. So this guy decided to just, like, get above the creature, which was pretty smart thinking. I probably would have tried to run. See, this guy's thinking way too logically because me, I, w- I probably would have ran right into it just trying to get but away But he's a hunter. And see, this, <laughs> that's is why, this is why, like, as much as, like, I can't eat a lot of mammalian meats, I wouldn't mind trying hunting because it gives you this survival instinct that I think a lot of us lack. A lot of hunters can survive. Especially city people like me. Oh, you would die. Like, you'd be the first person in a scary movie to die if there was, like, a hunting type of situation. If it's a place in the woods, I would be the first one to die. Now, if it takes place in New York, I'm living. I'd probably be the second or third, and I would probably die with Charlie. Like, we'd be the couple that dies. That's probably probably where we'd be, but, They'd have, like, a really cute, like, little scene where they die together. After accidentally getting caught doing it in the woods. (laughs) You had to do it before you die. (laughs) This, okay. This conversation took a turn. This, whatever it was, was no more than eight stops away, and if I shot at it, I would have been blinded by the muzzle flash, and it might have. Oh shit! And it might attack if I missed in the dark and not having a way to reload it quickly. I made an evasive move. Like this guy's so good. He's so, so good. The rest of the time, I waited in the stand for daybreak. It circled my stand just out of the light shine. Approximately one minute before daybreak, I heard bipedal steps go into the woods where it had followed me from. So now we know it's bipedal. Yep. So it's not a deer, not anything else. I waited till daylight and quickly made my way back to my four-wheeler. As I jumped on the machine and just before I fired it up, I heard another branch or limb snap loudly in the woods off the trail and behind me. I left the area and went back home and cut the, the week-long hunt short. Yeah, I, w- I would say uh, so. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> and so this guy was planning on staying out there for a week. It was See, like, forget it. I appreciate it. people like this because you know we hate when we read stories and the person were like, why are you still there? Why didn't you do this? See, this person was smart, made it through the night, and fucking left. Yep. And didn't return until the following spring. I've never hunted the same way again since and rarely go in before or after dark on foot unless I absolutely have to. And if I do, I always have a sidearm. I've since sold the property and hunt in my home state of Indiana, and I can honestly say one thing for sure. If I had had a shotgun or high-powered rifle in my hand with more than one shot, I felt threatened enough to use it that day. This thing wasn't scared of me at all, and it changed the way I looked at the woods and and forests forever. Thinking back on that morning and the days leading up, I now remember that I hadn't seen the normal wildlife signs and visual activity I normally see. So even the animals around the territory changed. And that's always what you hear about Bigfoot sightings or like strange sightings. Somehow the other animals sense it and just like, then just ghost. There's a reason I'm from the city. Like I'm not meant for that. None of that. I'm not meant for any of it. It's just not going to happen. Okay, so we have covered a lot of murder cases on the Erie Americas. Each case is different and weird in their own right. But today, it's a little bit weirder than normal, I think. Yeah, so it's like gonna sound like a typical murder story and then I'm gonna hit you with the twist. If you recognize parts of this case, you're not crazy. Christy had actually covered part of the case in her Thanksgiving episode about killing family members. But there's a lot more to this case that I covered in here. So, you know, so I just want to warn you that this is a case about murder, a forbidden romance, vampires, and werewolves. Halloween and spring. There we go. And so this is the strange, strange case of the Richardson family murders. The Richardson family lived in Medicine Hat, 
which is in Alberta, Canada. The family was Mark Richardson. He was 42. His wife, Deborah Richardson, 48. They had a 12-year-old daughter named Jasmine and a 8-year-old son named Tyler. We're in 2006, which is... I thought it was like, that's not that long ago. And then I realized we're in 2021. The kids that are born that year are teenagers now. I I freaked out the other day because there was a meme that said that people born in 91 were turning 30 this year. And it just, I lost my shit. So 2006, I'm like, oh my God, that wasn't that long ago. It was long ago. I was 20 and I'm going to be 35. So it's around 1 p.m. on April 23rd, 2006, when a six-year-old neighbor of the Richardson family, who was friends with Tyler, was only eight, so it made sense. So he walks by the home because his friend Tyler lives there and he sees what he thinks are bodies laying on the floor. So he run, runs home and tells his mom and his mom called police. So a police officer, well, they call them inspectors, I guess, in Canada because it said inspector everywhere. So Inspector Brent Secondio was the first one to arrive to the scene. And he also saw a body laying in the basement window. So he calls her back up immediately, originally thinking that either this person could be saved or if there's anybody else in the house, whatever's going on that he could save them. So he calls for backup first, which is already something you don't see in this country. Um, But unfortunately nobody could be saved. They ended up finding the mother Deborah was stabbed at least a dozen times. Mark was also dead in the basement. And then when they went upstairs, little eight year old Tyler was found in his blood soaked bed, having had his throat slashed open. See, and this is the kind of, murder that right away you know is personal because you don't stab somebody a dozen times if not a dozen personal. times and this is gonna come up later but in the investigation they said that mark actually tried to fight back with the screwdriver and then he ultimately got stabbed to death because at the end of the day knifed a screwdriver so at first they noticed that jasmine the 12 year old wasn't home and they're sitting there and they're freaking out and they're like oh my god she might have been kidnapped So they put out an Amber Alert to look for her because they think that she's in danger. And they actually release a statement saying they're searching for this girl, Jasmine, regarding a serious family matter. If anybody sees her, please alert police. We all know how Amber Alerts go. Now, the crime scene was brutal. There was blood everywhere. The police start looking for stuff, looking for evidence, and they find two kitchen knives, light switches, doorknobs, and the carpets are full of blood. And then they find bloody handprints smeared on the walls. To me, it seemed like whoever did this wasn't an expert. So that's another thing that goes with what Christy was saying, which is they must have been angry because normally you kind of try to cover up a murder a little bit better than leaving a bloody handprint. So it seems like something that was done in anger. And um, the scene in Tyler's room was the worst. Um, like I said, he was eight. His throat was slashed open. He His, blood, his, but his bed was blood-soaked. His toys were splattered with blood. And again, most people don't kill kids. It is a, a very right. personal... Mad, very like personal. very personal to kill somebody underage that has done literally nothing. So crazy. Exactly. So at first, the inspector said that they didn't even think it was possible for like Jasmine to be involved in any way. They just wanted to find her. They just wanted to find her because they were worried about her. But as they start to investigate further, they actually end up finding evidence in her room that showed that she was involved in the family, in the murders of her family. So now let's go back because we have to figure out what the hell could drive a fucking 12-year-old to be involved in murdering her entire family. But what's really interesting that I find happens with a lot of these cases, and it's not so much about age, but it is about gender. Because I feel like if a 12-year-old boy had gone missing in this situation, they would question it as whether he was a part of it. But a 12-year-old girl goes missing and they put out an APB Amber Alert because they're assuming this person was kidnapped. 
it has nothing to do with age per se. I just feel like that usually happens with women. And this is why so many times people think, oh, most murderers are men or most serial killers are men. I just think most people underestimate a woman's ability to murder. Mm -hmm. And obviously it can happen very young. So now I read a lot of articles on this case. So I'm taking all of the facts that I got scattered throughout the articles. So according to reports, articles, statements from friends, family, Jasmine was a happy social girl, regular 12-year-old girl, happy-go-lucky, but she had drastically changed in the months leading up to the tragedy. Which can happen when you're 12. Right. So, like, there's a lot of things going on. I was a nightmare when I was 12. Hormones, periods, I hated my parents, everything was unfair. I thought pressure, liking boys. Yeah, like, so... What kind of drastic change leads to murder, though? Because I definitely didn't murder my parents, and I was pissed as a 12-year-old. Exactly. So it all started with a boy, as usual. She meets a, uh, a boy named Jeremy Stanky. I'm going to call him Stanky, at a punk rock show, and they started seeing each other. What's a 12-year-old doing at a punk rock show? I don't fucking know. Is that a Canadian thing, or is it just like a lax parent thing? Right, like I'm like, this had to be lax parents because I-, I was 20 in 2006 and I was not even allowed to do that. <laughs> Hispanic parents are super fucking strict, guys. So he was kind of like goth. And so she was immediately like obsessed with the goth lifestyle. She ended up joining a website called vampirefreaks.com. And she started wearing dark makeup to make her look older than 12, which how much older could she really look? Like 16? But Looked older than 12. When you're 16, when you look 16 and you're 12, think about that. That's like, what, a quarter of your life older. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You aged yourself a whole quarter of your life. So Jeremy Steinke was a troubled dude. His mother was an alcoholic and his mother's partner abused him. He was bullied in school. And by the time he met Jasmine, he had already attempted suicide. And also he was 23. I was going to say... He's have to be older because it's not like more a lot of twelve year olds go. Regardless, Max, he would have been twenty three. She is twelve. There's no way he didn't know she wasn't underage. Like even if he thought she was sixteen, he's still twenty three. He's still too old for her. Some I, I was gonna put this later, but some articles actually stated that they didn't meet at a punk rock show. That they actually started talking on that website, VampireFreaks.com, because he was also a member, and that she lied about her age and claimed to be fifteen. Dude. 15 is still too young for you when you're 23. Yep. So you're just a gross fucking pedophile. I don't care if you thought she, if you knew she was 12, thought she was 15, thought she was 16, thought she was 17. I know we have younger listeners and you might think it's like romantic to be with somebody older. But it's not. when someone else is older than you and they can relate to you, it's something wrong with them. That's something you have to realize. It's not anything attack on you. It's an attack on whoever that person is. Shouldn't even be friends with someone that... This 23 when you're 12. Unless you've known them your whole life. Like if it's a family friend and you grew up together, there's no way. And even then that shouldn't turn romantic. Right. That should, there's no reason for someone to be able to relate to that age. And even like, because my sister is 10 years older than me. So when I was 12, she was 22 and had friends that were that age. Now it's one thing for them to know who I am. I wouldn't go and hang out with my sister's friends who were 10 years older than me. I was like their little sister. So they should never be spending any time alone together. And on top of being a gross pedophile, Stanky also believed that he was a 300-year-old werewolf. Of course he did. And this is according to his own admission and according to his friends. And I'm not really sure what's more shocking, that he thinks he's a 300-year-old werewolf or that he actually had friends. He's no Jack Nicholson or James Spader. 
<laughs> no. So for kids that might not know my reference, there's a movie called Wolf in 1994, and it stars Jack Nicholson, James Bader, and Michelle Pfeiffer. And it's super sexy because it's three very sexy people in the prime of their sexiness. Yeah, don't go by what they look like now, please. <laughs> yeah, if you think about them in their hotter, younger years, New York werewolf. Yeah, he's not this. But yeah, he thinks he's a 300-year werewolf, specifically 300, not, you know, not 100, not 150, he's 300-year-old werewolf. Or, God forbid, a 23-year-old werewolf. Right? Not even, t- exactly. That's old enough. Uh, apparently, he had been saying this since he was 13 years old, and he told his friends that he liked the taste of blood and wore a vial of blood around his neck. I don't know whose blood it was, I just know he wore blood People that neck. say that they've drank blood are lying. Like, I just don't believe someone will sit there and be like, mmm. Yummy. I just, I don't see a real human enjoying that. Sorry. And maybe this guy is a werewolf if he really does love blood. Because I don't see why a person would drink blood. It's like one of those mysteries to me. I'm like, you can't try to describe to me why you enjoy it. It, It's, I don't believe you. You know what, you know what bothers me is the people who wear like a vial of blood around their neck to prove that they love blood. I love Oreos, but I'm not carrying an Oreo necklace around. And I love orange juice, but I'm not carrying a vial of orange juice around. So, like, why do you have to prove your love for blood by carrying blood around yeah. your neck? Like, do I carry an avocado peel around with me? No, I don't. I don't sit here, like, carrying pasta in my pocket. Like, what is wrong with these people? But whatever. He's a werewolf. He also apparently is, like I said, a member of that VampireFreaks.com. So I'm like, you're a werewolf, you're a vampire. Those are very different classifications. Um, Very different. Like, are you a werewolf sometimes and like a vampire sometimes? Maybe they're both 300 years old. I just feel like in his little reality where it's okay to date a fucking 12-year-old, anything goes apparently. So obviously Jasmine's parents find out because she's 12 and your parents find out anything. I parents just fucking know everything so those of you that are young and listening to this whatever you're doing that you think your parents don't know they know and if they ask you about it it's because they know so it's because they really know and they're waiting to see if you tell them the truth so just learn from now just freaking tell them get the brownie points for telling the truth while you're ahead right so jasmine's parents find out about this gross ass fucking i'm i don't i refuse to call it a relationship this thing that was going on this grooming Yes, There's the there word. we go. The they grooming. find out about this grooming and they say, you cannot see him anymore. Good parents right there. And according to Jasmine's friends, you know, she got punished, of course, for dating him. Totally justifiable. Oh, she's being groomed by a werewolf. A werewolf vampire. And her friends also didn't like him because even her friends knew that this was not okay. It just wasn't. So, but you know, Jasmine... When you're 12, you think you know everything, and Jasmine thinks she's in love. And the thing is that I, I'm i not going to fault Jasmine for thinking she's in love, but this is totally on him because it's like, dude, you're not in love with you're the 12 You're the adult in this, in this situation. Totally. Exactly. Like, literally, I wrote, I'm vomiting as I type these words because I really did. I threw up in my mouth a little bit. Stanky was pissed at Jasmine's parents for virtually being good parents and not letting their little 12-year-old girls see this grown-ass man. And on April 3rd, 2006, he blogs because... Facebook wasn't huge at this time yet. I mean, it was around, but you had to be a college student and he obviously wasn't. And he blogs, quote, payment, my lover, lovers. He put lover and I want to fucking vomit at the word lover regarding a 12 year old. But anyway, my lover's rents are totally unfair. They say that they really care. They don't know what's going on. They just, he puts the just assume. I assume he meant they. Their throats I want to slit. Finally, there shall be silence. Their blood shall be payment. This is what he vlogs. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and, I'm like I said, I don't ever condone murder, but 
blogging something like this just lead in to get and I'm sorry for doing something when illegal. I hear that it sounds like a 12 year old or a 13 year old wrote that that doesn't sound like a it 23 does, right? year old I said man the same thing like this person is so obviously sick. stuck in his mindset as a 13 or a 12 year old yeah, to like post my that. lover's rents are totally unfair it's like who wrote this that sounds like a child that doesn't sound like a grown-ass adult but even though he's the one who blogged this, it is reported that it was Jasmine who actually came up with the plan to kill her parents. I mean, that's what I said. It even so, sounds like a child wrote it. But yeah, then again, totally. maybe maybe it's like the folie adieu where it's like they both, they both started, started thinking, thinking the, the same. same way and speaking the same way and saying the same things. Who knows? So Jasmine comes up with this plan to kill her parents and in her 12-year-old genius emailed the proposal to kill her parents to Stanky. Emailed it. Where she wrote, it begins with me killing them and it ends with me living with you. This poor little idiot. So Sankey, who should know better, replies to this email with another email stating, well, I love your plan, but we need to get a little more creative with like details and stuff. Like you don't know Sad. that you shouldn't email fucking murder plans, but whatever. And this wasn't the only time that Jasmine had mentioned killing her parents. She apparently had also told her friends that she planned to kill her parents, but they either didn't believe her or thought but she was But because 12-year-olds say stupid shit like that sometimes. See, I said a lot of stupid shit I never threatened to kill people. No, no, but you say things like, I'm going to run away or I'm going to emancipate them. I'm going to... And some kids are really dramatic and will say something like that. I can understand not taking it seriously because it's like, oh, she's being dramatic, raging hormones, whatever. Maybe if you said it once, but if you keep on telling me you're going to kill your parents and start giving me details, like, I'm just going to say I'm going to tell on you. I think Christy would agree that if I randomly told her in several conversations that I was seriously thinking of killing Ryan, I would hope that you would call my therapist and the police, please. Because she repeatedly told her friends that she wanted to kill her parents. I'm just saying, like, if I, like, I threatened to kill Ryan all the time. But I, like, I'm like, hey, I'm going to kill him. But if I really started being like, yo, Christy, I'm going to kill Ryan. And I think I'm going to do it this way. And then I'm going to do this. And I, I would hope that she would be like, I'm calling the police. And you know, your therapist. Yes, people make jokes, but maybe do a little more investigating and be like, hey, were you really serious about But I also think plan? you have to remember she's telling other 12-year-olds. They don't have the same. Yeah, they, she definitely You have is, that pressure so. of like, you don't rat on your best friends when you're 12. You have to think of a mindset of a 12-year-old. I see what you're saying. I would totally at age 34 agree with what you're saying. But what I have at tw- age 12, I don't know. I know plenty of my friends that would like threaten to run away and I wasn't going to tell my teachers or parents. They wouldn't really run away. You know what I mean? Like it was just one of those things like you're in your telling telling your friends everything your friends would never rat you out oh my friends at 12 would have ratted me out but that's because they sucked <laughs> well of course but you still would have told them stuff you know what i mean like you you think differently when you're 12 that's all i'm saying i'm, I'm not saying what she's saying is right or someone should have caught on i agree with you i was also a very scared 12 year old like i grew up very scared of my parents i think that if one of my friends had repeatedly told me they were going to kill their parents i actually would have but told clearly my parents. this girl isn't afraid of her parents she went to a punk show at 12 she went out with a kid that was way too old and she still managed to somehow stay in touch with him despite their warnings so this girl has this streak already in her to be rebellious you and i weren't that way at 12 like hell no because we came we we had Hispanic mothers. Yeah, but that didn't even happen didn't until I was way older. You know what I mean? Like I went to my first concert in my 20s because I was not allowed to do shit like this. And I think this is why I wasn't allowed to do shit like this because my parents didn't want me getting ideas. But again, not condoning murder, but maybe don't email the illegal shit that you plan totally. to do. Totally. So the night before the murders, it is stated that Jasmine and Stanky and some of his friends watched the movie Natural Born Killers. 
Weird, great movie. If you haven't seen it already, stars Juliette Lewis, who I love, Woody Harrelson. It is in a very, very, very short, not even close to everything that happens, but I'm going to shorten it in case you want to see it and you haven't. It is basically about a young couple, not as young as Jasmine Young, but a young couple that go on this really violent, like 52 person killing spree. But it's a, more about the facts that they became, they become media sensations because of the press coverage. And the movie was really kind of satiric. And like, it was basically trying to portray the way that media covers serial killers. It was kind of like an intense, murderous Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, it was. And it has a lot of things in it. It was definitely like over the top because of, you know, it's a crazy movie it was over the top but it was meant more to show you like how you should like how the media sensationalizes it so they watch this movie and of course you know get ideas from it and it's just like please do not watch movies and commit crimes after i don't care how great the movie is it's not do not watch it and get tips watch the movie if you just want to watch the movie but so after watching the movie they seem to like draw inspiration from it which again if you're a normal person you don't draw inspiration from the movie if you have that mindset though you totally think this is great. Stanky told his friends now this is this is where like we already said that it's okay that Jasmine's friends didn't say something but Stanky's friends apparently also knew about the Yeah, plot these are grown ass people I hope. Fucking said anything. I hope they're grown ass people. Well then again he's dating a 12 year old so for all we know there were That's what I'm saying. Too. How do we know he doesn't hang out with a bunch of 14 year olds? I don't really know at this point with this guy. He sounds like a total creep. Well, his quote unquote friends actually there has to be something wrong with them cuz I don't know what I would do if someone told me they're a 300 year old werewolf. I probably wouldn't be friends with you, got to be honest. So, he basically tells them after watching the movie that him and Jasmine should go about their plan the way the characters did in the movie, but without sparing her little brother. Gonna give a little bit of a spoiler. If you haven't watched the movie and you plan on it, just skip for a little bit. One detail. In the movie, the couple always leaves a survivor so that the survivor can tell the press who did the murder and, like, basically put their name on it because they want to be known for the murders. So, they're basically saying, we're gonna be natural-born killers, but we're not leaving anybody alive. And later on, Sankey would refer to this movie again later on when they obviously get caught because they're both idiots he eventually tells police quote you ever watched the movie natural born killers i think that's the best love story of all time so the next day and this is literally the day before the murders are done so the next day after watching this movie the two went to their little quiet street where her parents lived and followed through with their email murder plan we're not saying natural born killers was the reason why this murder happened they were already planning it they, they were already planning just it. just use this to amp themselves up. And that's what right. this is. Like, we're not trying to say, oh, the reason they did this is because of natural Right, they were killers. completely normal people. And then they watched this movie and then they decided to become killers. They had already emailed this plan. They had even referenced the plan when talking about this movie. So they obviously already had the murderous mm-hmm. plot in their head. The movie had nothing to do with it. Please don't ever cancel natural born killers. Yeah, I just think, like, it's it has to be said at this point because so many people jump on top of things these days, so... So now the murders happen, and we are now at the day after the murders, where police finally track Jasmine and Stanky down. Where were they found? They were arrested in his truck. Like, they were just driving, I guess, driving out of town. And they were charged with each were uh, charged with three counts of murder. Now, according to the evidence, it was Stanky who killed her parents downstairs in the basement, and it was Jasmine who was upstairs and slit her own little brother's throat. I debated whether or not to say this because it's really sad, but there was an article that stated that her little brother's last words were, please don't kill me, I'm too young to die. And I can't, it just, it broke my heart, but it's important. 
she's the one who did it to her own little brother and it's like he stabbed them repeatedly but like it takes a lot for you to slit someone's throat like your brother didn't do anything to you you were mad at your parents not that killing your parents was right right but your brother didn't do anything to you so like you hit her little brother's only eight. he's eight and he died because she didn't want to leave him parentless and it's like you were leaving him parentless because you killed his parents i don't see being dead being better than living without parents, like whatever. It almost sounds like she was ashamed to like have her brother live knowing what she did to them. That's what it is. I think this is more about guilt. You didn't give a shit about your brother. If you gave a shit about your brother, you wouldn't have slit his throat. You had nothing to do with you feeling bad that he wasn't going to have parents. Cause then if you felt bad about that, you wouldn't have killed your parents. It's just that you felt bad knowing he would have lived knowing full well what you did to his parents. Yeah. And you would have had to face that every time you saw him, if you ever saw him, because apparently she was never planning on seeing her family again because she's selfish. Um, so later on in May, on May 3rd, 2006, one of Stanky's friends, Casey Lancaster, who was 19, was also charged with being an accessory. Apparently, she drove the couple away in her pickup truck and she helped them dispose of evidence. Um, so both Jasmine and Stanky did admit to the murders. Um, but when he was giving his account of the murders, he like said something like they were gutted like fish. Disgusting. So Jasmine and him had two separate trials. They didn't try this together. Because she's a minor. Because she's a fucking juvenile. So her her trial took place in 2007 um, when she was 13. And with her, she was only identified as JR because there is a law in Canada called the Youth Criminal Justice Act. And her name couldn't be published in Canada after she became a suspect because of her age. So under this act, 12 is the youngest age possible at which a person can be charged with the crime. But again, you're not allowed to release the name because she's so young. She ends up pleading not guilty and states that her conversations about killing her parents were hypothetical, but that she didn't intend on going through with it, which is confusing because generally I don't hypothetically like. And then I don't actually go through with what my hypothetical plan was. Like, I don't follow through with hypothetical plans. Then on July 9th, at the age of 13, she was found guilty of three counts of first-degree murder. And she is believed, I think she still is the youngest person ever convicted of a multiple murder in Canada. Which wouldn't surprise me because Canada, there's not a lot of murder. So it's crazy to think that someone's so young. But the ones that do happen are crazy, right? Like the ones that do happen are fucking bad shit. The thing is that any convicts that are under the age of 14... At the time the crime was committed. So even if they get tried years later, if they are under the age of 14 when they commit the crime, they're not allowed to be given more than a 10-year sentence. So on November 7, 2011, she was sentenced to her maximum penalty of 10 years. This sentence included the 18 months she had already spent in prison. And it was actually six years in prison, followed by four years in a psychiatric hospital. So she didn't even spend the whole time in prison. Part of it was in the psych hospital. In September of 2011, Jasmine actually began attending classes at Mount Royal University in Calgary, Alberta, during the final years of her sentence, and she was released from her 10-year sentence in 2016, but she went to the psychiatric hospital in 2012, and they stated that she was doing this like rehabilitation, and it was going really, really well, and at this point, she actually seemed to be expressing genuine remorse for what she did, maybe because she grew up a little bit and like really realized that what she did was insane, Um, She was released in May 2016, and this was one of those releases where she had no court order conditions, no restrictions, no supervision. She completed her sentence. She was literally as free as Christy and I. Nothing, no ankle bracelet, no monitoring, no parole, no nothing. While she was in there, though, she did have some psychiatric assessments, and the psychiatric assessments stated that she was diagnosed with conduct disorder and oppositional defiant disorder. So she did obviously have 
some mental health conditions that she was diagnosed with and that they seemed to work on while she was in the psychiatric hospital. And there, it is said, like, there's some reports from she, you know, people in the psychiatric hospital that said that it did seem like she wanted to atone for what she did. She really did feel remorse and she was really, really and sorry. And this is not a popular opinion by any means, but I think differently than most people, so I'm just going to say it. I understand 10 years might not seem a lot for taking three lives. I can agree with that point. But I also think this would have never happened if she had never met this person and she was so young and so easily vulnerable and manipulated. So is 10 years a lot? No, but 10 years when you're 12 is most of your life. Right. You missed your You've entire missed you missed your entire childhood. And you have to live as an adult your entire life with something right. you did as a child. So do right. I think that it's okay what she did? Absolutely not. Do I think she did her time? Yes. Do I think as long as she's not committing crimes now, she should be given the opportunity to change her life? Yes. And I know that's not a popular opinion, but when do you let someone's past go when they've done their time? And that's kind of the question right, you have so to ask. However, Stanky or Stinky, as I like to call him, oh no, he, he needs, needs to, go to, to be in there forever. forever. Because that's like, it's what, like your brain's not fully exactly. developed at 12. So my whole thing is I do agree so to some extent, I do think that maybe she should have to check in once in a while after getting out of jail. But you have to realize the younger you are when you commit a crime, the longer you've got to live with the thought of it. And again, maybe because we're American, most of us that are listening here and we have we forget that prison is supposed to be exactly. rehabilitative. It's supposed to be rehabilitative. And, you know, unfortunately, whether or not we agree with her 10 year sentence, that is the sentence she got and she paid her dues. And that's what she did. And that was Canada law. And they're comfortable with that. And if they didn't, they would modify it. But one of the other things is that, you know, she did her sentence and she did what she had to do. And if she had come out and not been remorseful, then I would have been like, all right, 10 years obviously wasn't enough for you. But obviously, according to everybody that met her, she was sorry. And I know that sorry isn't enough for a lot of people, but there's nothing else she can do but try to make up for what she did. So she was basically released. Um, and she just stated, she was like, clearly, you cannot undo the past. You can only live each day with the knowledge that you can control how you behave. I don't know if you can ask for a better outcome than that. She was released and she basically had the condition that she had to stay out of trouble for a year. And the murders would actually be eliminated for her from her criminal record. I don't know how I feel yeah, about that's that. A little... On one on one hand, I'm like, all right, maybe it, it it you did do it. You can't just eliminate that you made you know did the murder. But at the same time, she's never going to get a job or anything else if these things are on her thing. So like, I'm really torn about that. But she definitely did change her name. She lives in a secret location. Nobody knows where she is, and nobody actually knows if she's still in contact with Jeremy Stanky. I really doubt. The crazy it. thing is. That when they first went to jail, they were still in contact and writing letters. And he even proposed to her. But that happens a lot with couples that kill. Yes. No, it's completely normal. It's not an abnormal thing that happened. This is very normal. It would have been abnormal if she still was in contact with him being rehabilitated. Then I I wouldn't have trusted it. Everything you would have said, I would have been like, no, no, no. This is, she's, she groomed her well enough where she's been rehabbed in prison for 10 years and she's still under his control. But if you're telling me there's no communication and after a while that broke and it severed, that would make sense to me because reality was setting into her versus him who right. is clearly out of his freaking mind so and obviously 
if, if she was one of those people, like I said, like the like the characters in Natural Born Killers, who was just like, I murdered and I and I and I'm cool with the fact that I murdered. I don't think she would have moved to a secret location. I don't think she would have changed her identity. She wants to start her life over. The fact that she doesn't talk to him anymore is great because it does mean like she does. And it's been five years and we haven't heard her come up. So that means she's not doing anything illegal. Wherever she went, she's just chilling there and she's not doing anything crazy. Yeah. So Jeremy Stanky's trial actually started in November 2008. He was also found guilty by a jury on three counts of first degree murder. He received three life sentences because he should never come out of fucking jail. The sentences have to be served concurrently. He is eligible for parole after serving 25 years because Canada law is weird. His friend, Casey, the one that was charged with accessory to murder, she, the murder charge, the accessory to murder charge was actually dropped. She did plead guilty to obstruction and she was sentenced to one year of house arrest as part of her plea bargain. And she was to refrain from drugs and alcohol. I'm just wondering how they follow up with that. Like, do you take drugs? Yeah. Do they follow her everywhere? But that was her condition of her release. I guess she must have cooperated and, you know, told police what they needed to know. She got a plea bargain. One year house arrest. We've all been on one year house arrest. It's not easy. And so, yeah, that's this case of a 300-year-old vampire werewolf who killed his 12-year-old girlfriend's entire family. I'll make this clear. If she was 22 and he was 23 when this happened, she would deserve the same amount. She would. But Oh, no, she would be in jail for three life sentences. The idea that a man would manipulate his middle school girlfriend into killing her family, there's something seriously perturbed about you. And, like, you should never see the light of day. That's just how I feel. Like, I really hope that he doesn't get parole after 25 years because while maybe there he does have something mentally wrong with him, whether he is mentally not an adult, like, there was just so many chances for you not to do this. And the minute that your little 12-year-old girlfriend told you, I want to kill my parents because they don't want me to see you, you should have said, hold on, that is a bit excessive. Let's not. He could have walked away the second the parents said no because she's 12. And that's it what you do as when you're an adult so i feel like he also you know you got three life sentences for the three murders but nobody convicted you on the fact that you're just a gross-ass pedophile so like you didn't go to jail being labeled a pedophile which is not something you should have labeled in jail and you absolutely 100 should have i hope everybody in that jail knows that you were in a relationship with the 12 year old and you called her your lover which is disgusting gross i know i'm grossed out who does that who does that who does that? Who, Who does, does that? Via torontosun.com. Oh, these are always good. Toronto Sun finds the craziest, like, this is another reason I love Canada. They just mock us all the time, and they do it in such a great way. We're the butt of the joke, and I'm just going to keep on laughing. Oh, yeah. Because there's nothing else you can Love do. it. Horny burglars, unaware babysitters, and home. <laughs> we just spoke about what you and Charlie would do if you got caught in the woods, and I'm like, this would be you guys. You guys be the horny burglars. <laughs> Perhaps looking to broaden their horizons, a Pennsylvania duo romped around a posh New Jersey home, having sex and eating up the food they found, according to police. These people made themselves comfortable in the middle of a burglary. You gotta wait till you got home. Just take it and go. The plan was to steal things, but then they were just like, oh, well, let's eat. Let's pretend. Oh, but I'm hungry and I'm horny. Let's like have this <laughs> fantasy where we live in this posh home in New Jersey. Like that had to be the, the thought, right? The couple allegedly broke into the home and did the deed, all while the babysitter and a young child were still in the house. So they didn't even look around to ensure they were by themselves. They were just so confident in this theft that they were going to just, like, reenact some kind of weird porn fantasy. Apparently, the couple thought they had the place to themselves. 
Quote, as the investigation continues, it is believed that the pair had been inside the home for a period of time before they were discovered. Englewood Police Chief Lawrence Seferin said in a place statement. What the hell was this babysitter doing that she didn't realize there were burglars? And how large is this home? Where you they were home for that right, long? Like where you didn't hear it. That's what I can't understand. And then they said the babysitter heard lents on a baby monitor while the baby slept and initially thought the homeowner had returned, police told News 12. That still doesn't make sense as to how long it took you for someone to realize someone was home. How large is this house, and where were you if the kid was sleeping? I don't understand. The babysitter confronted them, which, what else could you do, around 10.30 p.m., and they left, but not before allegedly lifting jewelry, a wallet, and the homeowner's iPhone. So they still... So they still got out They still robbed them after getting caught. You would think, okay, we fucked up. We didn't steal right away. Let's, Let's just, just get, get out of here. here. They were like, yeah. no, no, no. Wait no, a minute. Wait, before we leave, I also need all this shit. Adding that the pair also stole a Lincoln Navigator. So they stole these, like a huge SUV. This babysitter sucks. Seriously. But then again, if all I was doing was babysitting for like 20 bucks an hour, I'm not going to argue with like two people. They're going to kill me. Like, you know what? Just take what you want. I'm already <laughs> like, whatever. This job sucks. Good news though, because unfortunately for the couple... The stolen iPhone was tracked. Out of all things, not the navigator, the fucking iPhone. And used spike strips to send their vehicle careening into a field. Two suspects identified as Alex Ray Yeekley and Amanda Lentz by the New York Post were arrested. So do they get charged for having sex in someone else's house? Like, is there an actual I don't crime? know. That's a great question. I don't know. I've never heard of that. Like, is there sex laws prohibiting you from having sex in someone else's home? Like, instead of trespassing, is there, like, a fornicating in someone else's house law? That's something I'm going to ask Suri later. We're going to have a very weird Google search later. I already Googled black powder hunting. I might as well Google, are there fornicating in other people's (laughs) houses laws? This episode is just the epitome of weird today. (laughs) We started and we ended weird. (laughs) And on that note, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please like, subscribe, leave us a review, but most importantly... Stay weird, Americas. Bye. Bye!